I don't know how that got in there. I, it's 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 not mine. It's it's look. I I've got like the diplomatic community because uh, the comp is my brother. Uh, come on, you can look. Well, you don't know who the comp is. Oh shit. Oh oh oh. Fuck. All right, and they're gone. Well, um, this sucks. I, I didn't I, know you were I, smuggling that stuff, dude. You should have warned me first. You should let me no, hit some first. I just, I forgot I had UPS up my ass. It's, it's something, I, I just, it's so used to having, like, some UPS up my ass that it's, it's, it's just slipped my mind when I got on the plane. Um, this is going to make um, doing an episode on, on Singapore very difficult. Um, well, although... on the plus side, I've been able to get our transmission equipment uh, into the cell here. Yeah, it's, it's, I was very surprised that they were, like, so amenable about that. Uh, well, they seem to like you more than me. I don't know why. They don't like Australians. I it's terrible. Don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth and all that. Uh, I, I fucked around with it a little bit. Um, I, I'm not sure they even realize that uh, we're, we're talking into headsets here, but... Let, let's not try to make it too obvious. Live from a prison in Singapore, it's 33.3 <laughs> FM. That's right. We were intending to do our episode on Singapore here, courtesy of Thompson's knowledge of the area. What knowledge? I, but I have some knowledge. Just assume that you know more about anywhere in East Asia than I do. Yes, I, well, perhaps. I'm not, there. I'm not a Singapore expert. I just know things. But... Um, I don't know if this is the right environment to do it. No, we can't really see the sites or, or you know, interview people that uh, are interested in uh, talking to us uh, from this prison cell. I mean, this is, all things considered, a very comfy prison cell. We have it to just the two of us, which is nice. This isn't so different from our studio, really. I mean, yeah, it is uh, surprisingly similar. It is equally dank in, in both regards, so... Wait, did you bring did you bring some of that too? Oh, um, let me check my ass. No. All right, let, let me turn around. I want to give you a privacy. It's a bit like hammer space in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, since we can't really discuss Singapore uh, to the degree that we would like, we have been meaning to talk about narco alchemy for a while. Ah, oh, yes. And I figure now would be the opportunity can say what we've been arrested for, and I actually have some uh, amphetamines coursing through my system right now. So, yeah, let's talk narcos. And I've actually been doing some research into them recently, some, uh, uh, some research that may or may not be related to what I just mentioned and driven by what I just mentioned. Um, if you've never been in a library while on amphetamines, I tell you, it is, you, you are missing out. Oh, yeah. What are you missing out on? Uh, just the thrill of research and novel information while on central nervous system stimulants. And amphetamines give me night terrors, which is not fun. At least Adderall does. I get that. Though, luckily, luckily, the other nice thing about Adderall is that it's very good at keeping you awake. The solution, obviously, is to keep doing it so you won't sleep. Problem solved. Ah, uh, yes. See, in Australia, we don't have Adderall, like not that brand or like the exact mix. Uh, we have Dexies, which is pretty similar. Well, Dex is really. honestly nicer, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you have Dex, Dex amphetamines, those ones, the little pills. Yeah, so Adderall is two isomers of amphetamine. Um, it's uh -huh. the left and the right. right. Dexie is, I believe, the right, 
and Levo is the left. The f so Levo, actually, you can probably get a hold of on its own. It is actually in something that you can buy at just your average drugstore or pharmacy. Huh. Uh, it is in Vicks Nasal Decongestant. Oh, interesting. Yes, yes, in very small dosages. So... Uh I, I don't want to go through the whole process of like I used to have drug nerd friends who would go through various like chemical processes on over the counter medications to like oh, yeah. extract the the whatever from it and it it was a whole process that seemed a bit I don't know I I, I respected it I respected the science it's how you can make meth out of stuff you can be at your average hardware store right it's all chemistry it's all chemistry as our Narcos are very familiar. You know, I'm sure. I could have, I could have got. I think I could have got some Dexies on phenamines because, like, I when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with ADHD. But yeah. my mom was like, "No, he's not. He's just had too much red food coloring from the cordial he drinks." <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. That I mean, the, the thing about that is the reason that gives you ADHD is it disrupts your spiritual purity. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. So I have. I have been looking into narco-alchemy recently. And compared to what we last saw in the Wargaming Manual, things have changed a lot in the past 20-odd years. Oh, yeah. I mean, the biggest which that the school is split has been a schism in narco-alchemy. Because narco-alchemy always was kind of weird in that it was always sort of separated into the users and the makers. Your minor charges were from ingesting drugs of various sorts, generally with some sort of alchemical significance, whereas the significant charges were almost their own magic system in and of themselves that involved creating works of narco-alchemy. Correct. Generally, yeah. some variant on a commonly used controlled substance. Well, this is interesting because one thing to keep in mind, especially with our listeners, is because some of our listeners would be only familiar with Anunnabis in the war game in its third incarnation, which has not had like an official or even fan or like a... Oh, there, there might be a Narco Alchemy like third ed, like fan edit, like somewhere around, probably somewhere around and people have probably used it, but I don't... It's not in the satisfaction, it's not in the books. So what... Like Narco Alchemy... As it sounds, it's narcotics alchemy. It's a synthesis of modern drug chemistry and classical hermetic alchemy. You, it, it seems to especially draw from the hermetic tradition of alchemy as opposed right. to the more Chinese, East Asian alchemic tradition, which has sort of its own symbolic language it's operating in. Though we'll get into that later. Well, yeah, you've got, you've got your Chinese alchemy, you've got your um, Indian... Um, Ayurvedic alchemy, which is also its own thing. There's uh, Middle Eastern alchemy. Middle Eastern is fairly hermetic, to my understanding. It's it, there is like a. I'm assuming that like like anything, if you look at the, especially from like Europe to India, at least, if you yeah. like like go from alchemist to alchemist, there's a bit of a spectrum in how these things operate. This is this is the issue. Like alchemy and the different traditions of alchemy are very deep and heady topics. And when you're like linking them into narco alchemy, because narco alchemy is a postmodern magic school, and now two magic schools, as you say, so they're going to be people are going to be like just 
appropriating from the various traditions depending on their background, their interests. But it is that it's like the use of hermetic terminology in narco alchemy to me is just just for fun, just 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 for the names, just for the ideas. But there, there is a difference between traditional alchemy and narco alchemy, which is strong. It's not a it's not a general. It's not a I don't know. Is it a direct descendant? Who knows? I mean, it use it definitely uses a lot of hermetic um, alchemical symbology and terminology. Just sure. the emphasis on things like the four Platonic elements, the planets, things that were considered certain-based substances in hermetic alchemy, like sulfur or mercury. Sure, sure. I mean, like the the thing that should be emphasized here too is like all these different alchemies are. Um, precursors to modern chemistry in that, like, a lot of it was just them noticing various substances had these properties and trying to square that circle with their understanding of the universe at the time, which, you know, nowadays we think of Platonism as just kind of this fun philosophical game almost. Mm. But at the time, it was very much considered this is how the universe works. Um, same case for things like, um, in Hermetic Alchemy, all these sort of Christian elements that it took on over time mm-hmm. a lot, where, like, steps in your alchemical recipes would involve spending hours, if not days, contemplating God and prayer. Because that was how we thought the universe worked. We thought there's all this stuff with divine substance and all that. It, th- this was a very crucial part of our understanding of the function of the world. And alchemy was really just kind of trying to bring together that understanding with observed reality of the properties of various chemical substances. I wonder if that helped in the, t- in the way that, like, if you're, like, really knuckling down on, like, learning something or researching something, sometimes it's just good to go away and do something else for a while. And I wonder if, like, going away and, like, praising God for a while, you know, you put your brain at a sense of rest, you're not thinking about the problem, but your subconscious is still, like, churning away on it. It was probably helpful in that regard. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Just, yeah, focusing on something else for a bit. You know, if you've ever done chemistry, even, like, a high school-level shit, it, it, you need to be careful with that. And if you're studying that stuff, you need to be taking some rigorous notes. Because there's so many little things that can happen that could change things drastically. Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting about, like, alchemy. Um, like, in all traditions of alchemy is even though, like, pre-scientific uh, forms of alchemy, they didn't really have a sense of the, like, the empirical experimental method. But they did have experiments, and they did throw things together to see what would happen. And that's how you get, like, the possibly apocryphal story of the Chinese looking for, like, cure for death or like a, a, an immortality serum but getting gunpowder instead i didn't know about that i mean I, I feel like it's fair to say that they were looking for a cure for death because everyone's looked for a cure for death at one time or another it was a big big part of um eastern alchemy immortality was a big goal as opposed to um necessarily perfection which you see more in the middle east and europe yeah uh very much emphasis on spiritual purity which mm. is generally equated with gold. So, gold. spiritual pur- purity while being rich as fuck. That's, that's the goal. That's right, that's right. 
Uh, well, I guess this is the question. In Eastern alchemy, did that immortality have connotations of spiritual purity? Um, in a in a sense, yes, from what I know, but in, not in the same way because I think uh-huh. that definitely Western alchemy, um, and when I say Western, I mean like both Middle Eastern and European. I yeah, think hermetic. That was yeah, hermetic. It was definitely more influenced by Abrahamic religion um, in that sense, and yeah, of course, like yeah, it was purity part of it, but. I mean, you want to be the, 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 the immortal Taoist sage that lives forever and fucks maidens on the moon and stuff like that. It's a different, it's a different worldview. Like, a big part of this is just rooted in the concept of the spirit is very different between the true traditions. Yes. Now, uh, that brings up another question is, was Eastern alchemy more of a Taoist thing? Or yeah. was there also some Buddhist influence in there too? Oh, there's always a bit of Buddhist influence, but I don't think the Buddhists were that interested in Tao in um alchemy because alchemy is kind of besides the point of um what Buddhism Buddhists want to do. For most Buddhists, I think that living forever is uh, the opposite of what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's like that doesn't help you at all. You're still stuck on the wheel of samsara. Like what the hell? No, yeah, with yeah, definitely more of a, a Taoist tradition. Again, like, as we sort of, like, touched on with the Brotherhood episode, like, there were different schools of thought that sort of got wrapped up and absorbed into Taoism. And I mentioned the Naturalist School, which were really interested in the elements and things like that. So, like, a sort of proto-scientific sort of school, and that got absorbed into Taoism. And, like, Taoism, there's, like, differences between philosophical Taoism and uh, religious Taoism in different regions. And, I mean, Taoism has lots of different magics, like, you have the talismans and amulets and all these sorts of things. but um, yeah, alchemy was uh, more of a Taoist thing. Because Correct. if you were a Buddhist, you wanted to fuck off out of this fucking horrible wheel of time. And if you were a Confucian, you wanted to get a good job. So <laughs> it was left to the Taoists to do this sort of thing. Hey, immortality just means more time to study, my dude. That's that's a good point. And more time, and more time not to have sex. Mm, of course, of course. You, you want to have no sex for as long as possible consecutively. No, not Millennium. Um. <laughs> That's the ideal. All right. So my understanding of what's happened in roughly the past 20 years is that narco-alchemy has split into two different schools, one of which is rooted in the sort of significant charging method. I mean, it can even really be called a charging method because it's very different from most adept schools. And that is still called narco-alchemy, and it's based on the imbuing of substances with magical power with partaking of substances more of a my understanding has been the school that now calls still calls itself dark alchemy there's more apprehension with getting high off your own supply these days okay interesting because i know it's like they're producing what were called significant works works that like it, it always reminded me more of like sort of like a biochemical version of mechanomantic devices in a way. Yeah, I'd say that I definitely reminds me of that too. But then on top of that, they also had their minor charging method, which was much more traditional and more what you'd associate with an adept school. And that school of narcoalchemy, the people that weren't so much interested in the creation of substances so much as the usage of substances have split off into their own school, which my understanding is it's somewhat heavily influenced by Chinese esoteric alchemy and the sort of imbuing of substances to alter the properties of one's body and one's spirit. This is interesting because 
And I, I feel that this split was almost inevitable because yeah, of the fact that when you created a significant work in Narco Alchemy and you, if you took your significant work and got the advantages of it, you would lose all those advantages as soon as you had any sort of mundane drug. Exactly. Which would mean that if you had, if you took, made a significant work and then you took your significant work, whether it would be UPS or your, the, the Saturn's horse or whatever, you would lose anything it gave you if you charged, if you got a minor charge, which was you got needed to take a minor charge, you needed to have a hit of it, a psychoactive substance. And they even mentioned, like, you can get a minor charge off taking a significant work, but most narco-alchemists regard it as a, as a waste. That means that you're cut off from half of your magic school when you're, you've made a work, which seems a bit silly. So this schism was spurred on by an event sometime around 333. I haven't been able to figure out the details, and it sounds like there's some people that say it happened a bit after that. But the gist of it, is that the formula spell Solar Gold stopped working. Mm. And Solar Gold, for many different reasons, had a very important purpose within the School of Dark Alchemy. One is it's, it's the final step of uh, the ladder up Nara Alchemy. is the greatest work that one can create without going full-blown major work. And it involved basically mixing marijuana especially Alcapoco gold, so to speak, with gold in the chemical substance. Now, this is kind of interesting because most other substances associated with narco-alchemist are more synthesized and processed, where solar gold is pretty much just fucking weed. But the other thing is that solar gold was very interesting in that it had a... It only worked for the narco-alchemist that made it, whereas uh, other narco-alchemy works could be shared with others. Solar Gold, when someone that wasn't the narco-alchemist that crafted it, smoked it, it was just real good and real mellow weed. Mm. So that meant that Solar Gold was always there as sort of a... something to encourage the people that got into narco-alchemy from just the user's perspective to start ascending the ladder of the alchemical craftsman in pursuit of solar gold. Are you telling me that Dare was right all along and that marijuana is a gateway drug? Yes, but a different sort of gateway. But yeah, when it stopped working, that formless spell's role and the synthesis of using and making, it was gone. Now, there's rumors that it still works if you do it in parts of the world where marijuana is tightly regulated. And I've also heard that you can do it with synthetic cannabinoids instead. From what I've gathered nowadays, um, the formula spell that has replaced um, solar gold in the narco-alchemy ladder of that highest work, mixing gold and having connotations of the sun, now involves the creation of DMT. Oh, wow. Okay. It's called um, Solar Rogan or Rogan Gold. And I've also heard some people say that the reason all this went down was 333. Some people say that someone finally found out how to do a major work and that they swear they know a guy who knows a guy that did it. Maybe. And that all that major work took was the cost of removing everyone's access to a key formula spell. It seems to me that it has to have some, like, link with the, the cultural shift of marijuana being more accepted. At yeah. least in like a lot of the West, and that was something that happened. Just, like it wasn't like it was still very much verboten in um, three three three, but 
the like trajectory was getting there and in terms of like cultural impact and cultural uh sensitivities like marijuana was already seen as somewhat different like the the character of the stoner that he was a lot more yeah. much much more accepted than the, the character of the crackhead for example yes. it was a basically smoking weed was sort of a slightly underground subculture yeah um though the, important to keep in mind that in the united states medical marijuana has been legal in certain states since as early as the late 90s there you go that's probably what started to push it and just like when people like at the time even thinking of like a stoner people think of shaggy and scooby-doo come on yes exactly like, they considered pretty much harmless I'd say the general sort of cultural perception of anyone that is, like, a strong stoner is just they're kind of annoying and the tropes a bit played out. Of, like, okay, really? Your identity, a cornerstone of your identity is still smoking a shit ton of weed? You have to be really, really sheltered to be scared of stoners. Yes. Absolutely. Stoners are not going to st- steal your wallet. Uh, well, they could. I mean, it's, I bet it's, it's not the idea. Behind it, they, they're gonna they're gonna walk into the Seven Eleven and spend twenty minutes staring at the snacks, and then like and working up the courage to go to the counter. That's the stone. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much harmless. But you bringing up the thing with that change being tied to the greater cultural acceptance of marijuana is interesting because narcoalchemy does have a new paradox. the The old paradox um, was Sort of being a transcendent addict was how the war game put it, which I didn't really like too much, but I'll get into that a bit later. Currently, the paradox is that the, the greatest change in narcoalchemy is changing a legal grouping of molecule, molecules into an illegal grouping of molecules. You are achieving spiritual purity through the creation of substances that are legally and culturally speaking impure. Mm. All of their spells... Even their new minor spells are based on regulated chemicals. So, okay, you mentioned that there's two different schools of narco-alchemy. Yes, and I'm talking about, I'm currently talking about the school... Give them them names so I can keep track of what's going on here. There's two schools. One is still called narco-alchemy, and this is the one focused on works. And this is the one I'm referring to, I've been referring to for the past five odd minutes. The other school, the one more focused on... The usage of drugs is called the elixir within. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, other names they go by are egg layers, beer bellies, and opium eaters. The gist of their thing is they get charges from taking chemical substances, and they are then able to essentially turn their bodies into a still or drug lab. Spit LSD, sweat heroin, piss ethanol, shit methamphetamine. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. And that it's the idea there is sort of you are converting your spiritual energies and purging your spiritual energies into these chemical, physical, chemical substances. So I'm seeing how I'm seeing the relationship now with uh, Chinese alchemy, with Waidan and Neidan, the external and internal alchemy, like becoming the 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 bottle, becoming the 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 what's the word they use for it the still yourself all right yeah like uh because it was more of a spiritual 
Yeah, it was the idea of like we're putting all these chemicals together in this thing to, and shaking them up and boiling them. What if the body itself was a thing and the sp- and, and and our our chemical chemicals were the friends we made along the way or something like that? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting that this split has happened and it makes sense to me. The sort of the core of the ideological cleave here was one group considered the act of creating the drugs to be the most spiritually enlightening act of gathering all this knowledge and putting it in practice. And then the other group considered what the drugs did to your body to be the important part of the equation. Uh, The actual creation of drugs to be a means to that end. Right, and that was more about the consumption of drugs. Yeah, exactly. They're both rooted in trying to find some sort of transcendence and purity of the spirit but they come at it from very different and very different angles so the inner what is it called inner 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 what inner the elixir within i've heard it also referred to as neodon but that that's also neodon. one of those yeah neodon. That, so neodon is neodon that's yeah, pretty great exactly <laughs> exactly so I mean, the, like... yeah mixing like Three different languages and doing a half-assed portmanteau pun of all of them. Perfect, perfecto. Fuck. Okay, what I want to hear is okay. Let's. I like. I'm going to call it Neodan from now on because right, it amuses right. me and it's and it's faster to say. Uh, so Neodan is consumptive, taking the drugs, and it's all about the effects that they have on you and like becoming part of you in a yes. way. What is the charging structure like? And it actually, has this because it's interesting to me because. In the original Narco Alchemy, I think one of the major reasons that they didn't have a major charge method was because they had two different ways to charge that didn't really fit, fit together, so it's hard to extrapolate that into a major charge. So I think surely both these new schools have a major charge method by now. So my understanding is the minor charge is the same as the old Narco Alchemy minor charge. Take a hit of Psychoactive? Yep, exactly. Same, same sort of deal. Whereas the SIG, it's more based on the time of which you're under the influence of this stuff. You basically need it to, kind of similar to um, Dipsomancy, you need to binge in some sort of way that has you under the influence of a given substance for, from what I've gathered, a period of three days or longer. Oh my god. Will it, like, have you going to have any serotonin left after you've had three days worth of ecstasy? Who knows? I mean, that's you're gonna you're gonna hit some real big um, physiological limits at some point. What I've heard of major charges, you need to OD. Okay, you like you, you need to die, and ideally you're brought back to life. And in, from this, you find some sort of ascension and transcendence. That does seem remarkably easy. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get the usual sort of uh, stress checks from it and all and whatnot. Dying is not a pleasant experience, uh, as both of us can tell our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy to do, but also very risky. Yeah, fair enough. I can see like a lot of like new Neo Dan people like just dying because they're yeah. What's to stop you from going after the the major straight away? So, Narco Alchemy has a new paradox. Which is basically, as I was going into before, you're achieving, yeah, you're achieving spiritual purity through the creation of substances that are legally and culturally speaking impure. Because narcoalchemy doesn't, it's kind of an adept school. It doesn't really have a taboo. It's just you lose the effect. You still lose the effects. Anyone that takes a narcoalchemist substance 
loses the effects of that substance if they ever take a drug that was not created by a narco-alchemist. Oh, so you have to have a drug created by a narco-alchemist, not by yourself. Yes. That's, that's interesting. No, no. And th- this applies to anyone taking the narco-alchemy substance. So right, um, okay. it's not really a taboo in the traditional sense. Hmm. Hmm. So define drug. One of the ones from their formula spells, which there's a few new ones, but I'll, I'll get into that a bit. But so the paradox of Neodon is rooted in the old school narco-alchemy paradox, which is that you're a transcendent addict. That was weird because it kind of correlated addiction with all these notions of impurity, which I'm not sure how much I agree with. It, it felt oddly judgmental, which I mean, I suppose is to a certain degree to be expected by something funded by the U.S. military. (laughs) But how I always looked at it was more that paradox between transcendence and addiction is how in your attempt to move beyond the physical world, you're shackling yourself to it. Right. And trying to purify yourself through consumption of psychoactive substances, you are becoming reliant on these physical substances. That makes sense. That makes sense as like a, as a paradox, yes. Now, the taboo for Neodon is you can't eat anything other than plain rice. What? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, any <laughs> nutrition has to come from supplements. The only food one can eat is just simple plain rice. Now, you, you can change the kinds of rice. You can have brown rice, white rice, basmati rice, but it has to be just rice. No seasoning, no butter, nothing. But if it's supplements, all right, we're, define a supplement. Can I crush up a vitamin C tablet o- over my rice and have like a, a Fred Flintstone fruity rice? I would say rice? no. I, I, oh. I would guess no. God damn because it. Because you're having it for flavor. You can, you can kind of have it to, uh, you know, just I to think you should allow that. that just just for, the, <laughs> for the amusement of it. <laughs> uh, I've... Also heard some things about, like, it nullifying the psychoactive effects of drugs if you're brewing said drug in your stomach at the time, which may be a safety mechanism. So, like, if you're trying to turn your gut into a whiskey still, you'll unfortunately lose the ability to get drunk at the time. What, whiskey's involved with this? Well, you, you can brew alcohol. It's any okay. sort of kind of psychoactive substance. You can brew alcohol. You can synthesize LSD. You can cook up meth. I mean, you know, depending on its end result, it, it comes out the front or the back. But how I have heard of cases of people of neodons regurgitating up through the mouth. I am getting images of Clockwork Orange, right? And this might be um, also inspired by the Dorian Electra video. Yeah, you could have psychoactive breast milk quite easily. And oh, there easily. There places to go for that. Yes, this is kind of fucked up. A little bit, but it, it's all towards a higher purpose, Stormson. Uh-huh. Um, again, you are converting sort of the, the impurity. The, the drug is the seed here. The substance is not actually impure. The substance is ideally quite pure. Though I have heard that one of the issues, it's not a taboo thing so much as... The, this brewing process only works if you are ingesting a very pure example of the given substance. Mm. So, you know, it's cut with anything, it don't work. Mm. But the drug is a seed, and from that seed, 
feeding off the impurities of the body, of the mind, of the spirit, more of that substance is created in the stomach or liver. It, it depends. Now, also, one of the other issues is that doing this over a long period does absolutely give you the long-term effects of, say, chronic alcohol use or sure. uh, heroin usage in that, sure, your spirit is pure, but your body is still having to cope with having all this stuff in your system. But my, my, the psychoactive Neodan- effects aren't there. Hmm. My Neodan character is going to be called Toad. And he's he's gonna he's gonna sweat. He's gonna be basically he's gonna be like a, a hallucinogenic toad, but you have to lick him. And he's a, right. he's a filthy man. Good, perfect. There you go. And that's sort of the gist of the what I was able to figure out how, how things have uh, shaken out between the two schools. Uh, there, there's new spells, of course, new formula spells. The narcoalchemy minor spells are. Very heavily influenced from the original version of the schools. But the thing is, now how it works is you're basically imbuing a controlled substance with uh, magical power as you process it. But here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. You don't need to synthesize this stuff for miners to get a minor charge. You just need to sort of process it in some way. So you can still get minor charges off marijuana. You can still create charged marijuana it's just only a very minor work as -hmm. opposed to the more major work which comes from the more significant works which come from lab synthesis and outright illegal substances so some of the substances that are used for minors include stuff like ketamine codeine xanax adderall Hmm. stuff that is used in medicine especially western medicine in one sense or another but generally very tightly regulated because of their abuse potential. Yep, yep, yep. Sure. Or in the case of marijuana, because there's a, there's a lot of precedence there for how long it's been regulated. Things I've heard, ketamine can give you orosite. Xanax lets you ignore stress check. Adderall is an interesting one. Um, if, you smi- if you mix Adderall with the ashes of a burned book, you can retain that book by snorting the mix. Interesting. That's that makes sense. That does make sense in a way. Um, that's how you read books if you're on Adderall. You basically start them. Hmm. You do. That's how. You, it's what you do when you sneak into the bibliomancer's library. You just burn it. And sniffs. <laughs> so this is narco alchemy. So not neodan. That's this is. Yeah. Um, so you process and you get specific effects for specific substances. Yeah. And I think that for Neodan, that the um, there should be a bit more flexibility in what the spells you get, because I think a lot of the the, the original narco alchemy uh, minor spells were a bit more flexible because it didn't matter what drug you were taking, um, yeah. just that you were taking drugs. Um, I had a couple of ideas for like minor spells for like that would work for Neodan. I think like All right. getting a bonus on one ability at the price of a penalty on maybe one or two other abilities might be fun. Sure. Makes sense. Gain an identity at 40%, the exchange of having a disorder. The identity does not improve and it goes away. You leave taboo or whatever. Um, and you can All do right. it twice and get an identity at, you can do it twice and get an identity at 80%, but that means you've got two disorders. Have fun. Do the disorders also go away when, uh, 
I, I think okay. so. I think okay. I think so. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So those are the sort of things we're thinking about. Of I had an idea for an alternate taboo, but I don't okay. think it would fit either of these schools. There's always variant schools. There's always variant schools. Just just for fun situations, I thought um, can't refuse an offer of drugs. That's solid. That's solid. I can see that being the foundation of a school founded in the sort of social experience of drug use. Sure. Because sure. both of these feel very solitary in a way. I just like the idea of like, there's this narco alchemist who wants to kill you, but you pull out a spliff and you're like, he's just like, wants to like just kill you, but he's like, puffs. He just like has to wait until the joint is done or the spliff is done before he can get you. Um, That's always fun. Literally fucking curious. (laughs) It's a counter for. That's that's great. Commander Riker offers you the boof. (laughs) <laughs> another idea I had like, now because I was thinking of um, I don't know how this is how narco alchemy works um, in terms of creating significant works because you said that um, narco, the new, new, new narco alchemy as opposed to neodun it works so you can for minor formulas for minor charges you just have to process a drug somehow so you have to change it and then to you imbue degree. that with magic yes right and it's interesting because I was thinking of, of um, no, mechanomancy and how mechanomancy, you create the devices, you create the, the, the fake science by giving up your memories. Yep. And I was like, okay, um, if they're doing that with narco alchemy, is there something else that they could give up to create the magic? And I was thinking, like, what about wound points? Like, if, but I was thinking mm, of the old, like, becoming an inferior human or, like, destroying your body for transcendence. And I'm like, that seems like a pretty natural, like, um, exchange. Like, you can get super powerful, but, like, each time you have to give away wound points. And, like, your wound point threshold drops. So maybe you're, like, a Superman because you have, like, four significant works in you, but you're at five WP, so you better not get hit by anything. The sense that I always got from the one written up in the um, original document was that um, the biggest cost was time. Because, like, even more so than most app schools, like, when you're doing narco-alchemy works, you can't do anything else. True. When, when you're out gathering charges for pretty much any other app school, you can at least, like, you know, take a stop to, you know, grab some food or maybe take a break to sleep or something, right? Whereas I'd imagine with narco-alchemy, you can't do any of that. And for the minor spells, you need to spend hours processing them to make just one work. That's true, yeah. So, the cost of time makes a certain degree of sense to me, and it really sort of parallels well with sort of hermetic alchemy and all the contemplation of God and just how long a lot of those processes took. It seems a bit similar in terms of, like, the cost of time. Uh, Reminds me a bit too much of um, Oniromancy. Um, because that's also a similar sort of deal of you just have to keep going, you have to stay awake. Yeah, but uh, you can do other stuff while you're gathering on air and answer charges. It's not as fun to play if, like, all right, I have to go and do that. That is my big concern with it, is that it's just like a, in the game terms, it's like, well, this is what you're doing for this session. I like, this is why I like the idea of wound points, because it's like a direct, like there's a risk doing it, a definite obvious risk for the player can like sort of calculate, and it doesn't mean you have to stop playing. You could just be like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice this 20 wound points for this, like, work, this make this drug, um, and get the effect from this drug. Maybe both. Maybe both could work. 
I like that where it's like you can there's like some sort of conversion between wound points and time and if you're willing to Yeah, maybe. So like you really want to make something on shorter notice, you can sacrifice a bunch of wound points. So here's my question, right? Could a narco alchemist sacrifice someone else's wound points? Ooh, interesting. Maybe if he had a proxy. <laughs> Alright. You can't do it by default by a proxy, it's kosher. No, that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, there are there are ways and means, I guess. Uh, one interesting thing you do is you could have it as divided between, like, if you're doing um, making a minor work, you're taking wound points. Uh, if you're doing a significant work, you're taking wound points and points off your wound threshold. Um, okay. That, you know, because that limits, like, you can heal off, a, a, like, a making a minor work. You can spend, like, a week, like, healing or whatever, but... Not with the seeds, like until like it. it you, I don't think it should be permanent. Permanent, like once the drug is, once the seed of it work is, maybe it should be permanent. Maybe it should be. Well, I I imagine that'd make you very reliant on Mars dust in a pinch, because that just ups your wound threshold a ton. Yep, that's that fits though. That fits. Yeah. From what I've heard, doing PCP ain't much fun, generally speaking. It's something that people do just to try for some fucking reason. If you're a drug adept, you're not doing it for fun anymore, are you? No, you're doing it... Yes. Fair point. So, yeah, of course you're doing it in this case. The only way I can... There's any chance of me surviving a fight is if I snort PCP beforehand. Mm. In which case, I hulk the fuck out. Yeah. All right. It would create, yeah, so you'd have to sort of, like, be careful what you create, what works you create. Maybe, and it's, like, if there's an idea of a certain number of slots depending on astrology, like, if you create a work, like, taking up the Mars slot or the Venus slot or whatever, if you create it and you have it, like, you've taken the wound threshold down, but you can make it, you can make it if you put the time in, but um, that's your formula spell, that's your significant work, but you can change it. But then you lose access to the previous CW work or something like that. Something they actually uh, looked into, um, because I, something I noticed in the Mitchell document is they didn't have a significant work for Mercury. They had a minor spell associated with the substance Mercury, but nothing associated with the planet. And I talked to oh. some narcos, and it appears that Mercury these days is tied into methamphetamine. Sure. Um, the name of the formula spell is Crystal Mercury. It ups your uh, initiative to 99. You just go first. You always fucking go first. And uh, I think it gives your dodge 92. Yeah, I think that would fit with my idea of the wound points thing as well. Like, you want to be dodging and you want to be going first so you can run away or dodge. And if you want to fight, take your PCP. Um, Yeah, now that that fits really well. Now, I would like to learn more about the gold DMT Significant work. I wasn't able to find out about that. Nar- Unsurprisingly, narcos seem to be pretty close guarded on that one. Uh, they're, in a sense, very worried that it will happen again. Mm. Like, they, they're honestly very fortunate that Solar Gold worked with. I mean, sure, you had to buy gold, which is expensive, but uh, marijuana is very easily accessible, whereas DMT is much more difficult to get a hold of. And never mind synthesizing it yourself. I like the idea of narco alchemists being opposed to like the idea that they might start legalizing um, certain hallucinogens for therapeutic purposes. Because like, no, we need we need those. We need them to be like illegal. So there's that resonance. It's it's what, and then they have to they have to ally with like conservative groups, and that's always fun when you have like odd bedfellows. I'm thinking now, if we go with my idea of the wound points thing, like for the 
new neo alchemists neo no, new narco alchemists like the major should just you just die but you become a drug <laughs> you turn yourself into a drug <laughs> and then and then if you no then you're a permanent significant work that it's like you're like a ritual that any narco alchemist can learn but you can only create a new maybe that's it maybe that's it like narco alchemists can use significant works that they haven't created as long as they're one of these, like, they're a major work that, that yeah, someone has died. Yeah, it feels like more of a Neodon thing, because Neodon is about making drugs out of parts of your body. So, yeah, Maybe. like, one of the big things that could be done with Neodon, I guess, could be just turning your own bo- entire body, converting it in its whole to a given substance. Mm, maybe the body itself is impure therefore it needs to be destroyed and converted into pure ethanol what what if what if they have these two there's this this schism has happened but there's a they have a problem where somehow they've still got the same major charge and they can't separate because they don't want to give up the major charge that's fun everything else is different except the major charge you turn into drugs that's something, like, I kind of realized as I was talking to these guys. If these guys could get over themselves a bit, if you have a narco-alchemist and a neodon working together, they could do some very special shit. And the fact that they, if they, the idea is that they don't get along, then yeah. there must be something linking them still, because it's classic that adepts of the same school don't get along, but they, it's fine with someone of a different school, because, what is it, you say to Potato, they say Murgatroyd, it's fine. Um... So there must well, be still, like, no, a there's plenty, there. There, there are still plenty of adept schools who hate each other, too. Oh, like, like what? Like who? Urbanomancers and Cleomancers? Yeah, because they're competing over the same turf. Well, these guys are competing over the same turf for the sense, too. Conceptual turf. Also, you know, it comes from a fucking school schism. And that's yeah, but they're not, not even, like, they're 20 not, years old. Okay, Urbanomancers and Geomancers and Cleomancers, they're not fighting over conceptual space. They're fighting over the fact that, like, Charging spots are limited. I no, I'm sorry. I'm definitely gonna say here that real estate uh land is conceptual. Oh, yeah, well in a in a sense, yes, <laughs> yes. This is true, this is true. Yeah, so maybe they're fighting over the, the, the cult conceptual space, but you think if they split there is it does I can see the split difference, like taking drugs versus making drugs it's a pretty it's pretty clear there's of course sort of the natural tension you see between drug users and drug makers like there's a bringing them together of course but it's the tension you see in any buyer-seller relationship now i'm thinking of how like um if the drug if the, if neodyne is all about taking like it's taking drugs yourself um we while, can also you know, make them which helps though i think one of the things about the school that makes sense is you cannot consume drugs that you uh, yourself have created I don't think that Neodan should be able to make magical drugs. No, I, think they should I agree. Make it's drugs. Just, yes, just mundane drugs, and they should any drugs that they that have come from their own body. Actually, probably that should just be straight up a taboo because, of course, you're you're releasing those drugs to purge yourself spiritually, right? So, yep. having that again is just putting it back into the system. That's right. I think that maybe there should be. Um, some way that new narco-alchemists can... Like, they should have a reason to be pushers because they're pushing these magical drugs on people. That should be a difference, sure. I think. Um, Neodan is all about, like, no, I take drugs for myself. These are This is getting into, like, Buddhist territory of, like, Hinayana and Ma- uh, Mahayana Buddhism of, like, 
um, whether you should achieve enlightenment for yourself or whether you should help other people achieve enlightenment. That could be part of it very easily. All right. Um, All right. I like that. So maybe another taboo for narco-alchemy could be if you go a certain period of time, say a week, without selling a drug, without having one of your drugs sold, whereas... Or, with, or consumed, um, at least. Yeah, okay, that, that seems reasonable. Whereas the taboo for um, Neodon is to go, say, a week without consuming any drugs. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. I, I want to keep the eating food other than plain rice thing, because I think that's a really fun weakness of just someone puts salt on your rice when you ain't looking and you instantly taboo. Oh, that is funny. You're sniffing it, being like, shit, there's salt in here. I, I think most good taboos are ones that you really have to think about a lot while you're playing that character. But uh, I also think a good one is one that is very easy for an outside party to take advantage of. Maybe narco-alchemists can only eat processed food. Okay, there you go. That's no, fun. no fresh fruit and vegetables for you. <laughs> only you're only getting only TV food. dinners. Yep. All right. Uh, I have been having trouble finding um, good formula spells uh, for Neodon, especially significant ones. You know, minor ones are... That's one of the things. The two schools have a lot of overlap in the effects of what their minor spells do. You're going to have to split them up. You have to see how... You have to work out how they're different. Um, I think both for minors and sigs. One sig charge would be the spell that you use to start brewing stuff in your gut. Yeah. Yeah. You brew... Yeah, you brew something in your gut. Uh, or like, at least internally, you start producing, whether it's in your sweat glands or your liver or your gut. <laughs> how about if you could... Um... Going back to the hallucinogenic toad, you can summon a familiar. All right, that you can that's use. fun. <laughs> that's fun. You can put all your drugs in there. Uh, you have to find out what your guide is through some sort of drug trip. You, you summon a familiar that's, a, that's reflective of um, some hallucinogen of your choice, like your spirit animal or the clockwork elves or whatever. I like summon clockwork elf. That's, that's pretty great. Like getting into DMT sort of territory and yeah, uh, because because you're covering a lot of different and this is an issue with any kind of drug based magic school is because once you get into the nitty gritty you start realizing there's some big conceptual differences between different drugs and that, that, that's the thing like alcohol gets its own school dipsomancy why doesn't fucking methamphetamine get its own school or why doesn't ecstasy get its own school? I have heard that stirrings of a marijuana-related school. I'm sure it exists. Because I'm kind sure of it's course old. there are is. Yeah, I think that you could easily see a um a sort of drug-based sort of uh, diaspora as people like. But these these schools probably coexist. I mean, you're gonna have like I'm just all about crack and only crack, while others are less. About well, that's language. sort of the thing, is that alcohol, there's a big culture surrounding it. Marijuana, there's a big culture surrounding it. But there's not, like, a whole lot of drug-specific subcultures there other than that. Totally there's category. There's categories <laughs> where it's, like, some people that are into stimulants, people that are into hallucinogens, people that are into downers. But they're almost not so much. archetypes at this point. Come on, like if you have a friend who's really into uppers and a friend who's really into downers, they're different. That's guys. Different I agree, people. I agree. But it's not like they're really into the their drug of choice. They have for them, that's almost incidental. Music. 
the, the drug of choice is almost incidental within that, right? Like, the, the guy that's really, that does a bunch of Adderall versus the guy that does a bunch of meth. Um, there's different cultural situations, oh, but how they behave are very similar. That might be a bit too good of an example because they're both amphetamines, but that's um, it. That's there, like... there's also a lot of overlap between the guy that does a lot of amphetamines and the guy that does a lot of coke, right? Sure, sure. I mean, you're going to have your amphetamances, or that's because it's a perfect name there. But when you're talking about people who are like really into LSD or DMT yeah. or yes. mushroom, magic mushrooms, it's a, that's a different category of human a lot of the I, time. I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree there. But you have several drugs grouped under one categorical umbrella there, whereas just the marijuana use was very much its own sub- subculture for a while there. So was opium smoking at one point. It's true. And there absolutely were opium adepts at some point. And there may be a few of them still around. Like that one guy who got really into antique opium water pipes and ended up getting addicted to opium in the 21st century. I mean, sure. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get opium in the 21st century? (laughs) Depends if you live in Afghanistan or not. That's fair. I think he's Australian, actually. Do you think that in the Middle East there is a narco alchemy like school which is dipsomancy but like spicier because it's illegal? I can see that. Yeah, I I mean I'd imagine that alcohol magic is there, there's a lot of them all over the world and they're very localized because well everyone drinks. There's a lot of different traditions surrounding drinking. Absolutely, yeah. Think of all these poor dipsomancers who are. Also, soccer fans trying to go and watch the World Cup in Qatar and realizing that they oh god, that's more. great <laughs> football hooligan adept magic. Oh my! Of course, god. that's what should have been in Blighty. <laughs> yes, I agree. Absolutely. There you go. Any listeners making fucking making UK content for UA? Give us alcohol. Give us fucking football hooligan magic. You taboo if you take off your jersey. I do kind of picture Neodon as more more addict skewing, less um less sort of psychonauty, if you get what I mean. Where the the idea is to get addicted to a particular substance and then brew that substance. I'd imagine most um Neodon guys are kinda of focused in, on a particular drug. They aren't really dipping their toes in one place or another. There's some of those guys. I'm maybe, sure. maybe it's like um, videomancy where you have your fetish drug. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, or like, yeah, maybe there's some like significant and minor spells that are related to like that only work when you're addicted to a particular substance. That works with my idea of um, like you can't take down an offer of your fetish drug. Yeah, that's good. So it's not something that's inherent to the school, but certain spells only work when you're addicted to a substance. I like that a lot. I'd imagine that sort of psychonaut magic would probably be its own school. I've also um, heard about a a magic school heavily coached in psychiatric drug use. Not even like prescription drugs, but like the, the use of drugs, psychiatric drugs, as relating to psychiatry. I've heard that school both referred to as psychiaturgy and neuromancy, though, so I don't know too much about that one. And it's very, um, it's a specific, like, uh, it's derived from, like, specific concepts of psychiatry, I assume, yeah. very much about yeah. the, um, it's, it's about taking the right drugs and you'll feel better. 
uh, school of thought. Yeah. I think the paradox for that one would likely be sort of a ship of Theseus thing where you're improving the self through the use of drugs, but then there's the question of how much of the self is left. I think that could tie into very well, like, um, if it's very physicalist and, like, your mentality and your mind and your perceptions are, um, it's all through the mind and the exact, like, um, biochemistry in the mind and the yeah. levels and all that like that could be easily twisted and turned around and be like yes it is all in the mind and this is why i can create magic because like yes. like i i've taken the right combination of the drugs that have been prescribed to me <laughs> that's great uh i found the right combination <laughs> of pharmaceuticals to turn me into a wizard doesn't make me feel any better i'm still depressed but at least i'm a wizard and some of the spells of that one probably be stuff like temporarily changing your passions or obsession well Probably not your obsession, because that's kind of the root of that magic. But temporarily changing your passions, maybe temporarily getting rid of a fucking shot gauge entirely, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That could be a lot of fun, a school that lets you fuck around with your passions for a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Suppressing a passion. Or just giving yourself a different one entirely. That's interesting. Like, or you could you could take a drug. Um, like you can take the right combination. So, say you want to like uh, suppress one of your passions or two of your passions. So, yeah, like no, you can't use this passion, but you can use your noble passion twice or three times in each possession. That's good. That's fun. That 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 would be interesting because you could uh, like based on what you think you're gonna do that session, you might make that choice at the beginning of just like I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna max out my noble this time. I don't need these other two probably. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could absolutely see something like that shit. The the point here is I think that drugs are very encompassing. That category can mean a lot of different shit, and there's sort of a lot of different cultural perceptions wrapped up with different substances within that category. Like, I mean, the classic example is like, oh, why isn't sugar a drug, right? Because may- maybe he's going to end up school for eating a bunch of sweets. Yeah, sugar high. Come on. Yeah. I mean, fuck, Onaromancy is basically a caffeine stimulant school. Yeah. If, I'm, if you're drinking your, um, your white monster energy drink, what school is that? Like, if you're eating your chocolate, which just stimulates you, what school is that? I mean, like... Do you have any further ideas for specifically narco-alchemy or Neodon? I, I think we need to do some more investigation. Um, and I think that getting... I do think that there is definitely room for... I, I think there's a conceptual space and a cultural space for specific uh, kinds of drug magic, like... Stimulant magic, downer magic. You know, I, th- I, think, I think that cannabis magic, or like marijuana yes. magic... Like, should, it should be called, like, cannabergy. <laughs> I mean, we did have that idea for fire magic founded in cannabis um, last episode. Yep. But the, like, the other thing is, I will not accept any marijuana-based app schools unless there is something in that app school that encourages you to act in a way contrary to the stereotypical stoner. Otherwise, that character concept is way too easy. Yeah, you might as well just be like a supernatural entity that smokes weed. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, there has to... Be- I think otherwise is basically a full avatar, right? Yeah, because like the the statistical stoner is very much a man of a mask of the fool. I think. Oh, absolutely, and even yeah, and the advantages of the fool are often applied to the stoner character in fiction. So yes, absolutely, like be, like su- surviving situations, surviving um, th- everything working out for them somehow. You know, in the stoner yeah. comedy, they always get the girl at the end and shit. Mm, yeah, there should be something like. 
it'd be funny if like the the marijuana mages were like really uptight and the the met and the meth mages were like cool guys to be around. I don't know. Maybe something about like the marijuana magic is like you need to be always ingesting marijuana in some way, whether through edibles or smoking it or or other means. It's specific like that that's maybe where the uptight dimension comes from is if you are not always consuming marijuana, perhaps actively, you you taboo. Which would naturally lead to someone getting pretty uptight, I think. And you'd yeah. also need to go out of your way a little bit because that's that's not just normal smoking pot. That's keep smoking while you're how the fuck do you keep ingesting marijuana while you're asleep? If you're a cannabis mage, you have to be able to do everything. You have to be able to go straight to the cashier at Seven Eleven and and put down your 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 Pringles or whatever and and like and confidently give him your credit card. Um, you can't. That you have you have to you're not no one's sitting on the couch and staring. You have to like keep living. That's a great one for the taboo. Taboo is for anyone to ever comment that you're high. Yes, yes. this ties in yes. great to the sort of paranoia associated with it. Of totally, that's so of good. Like, oh God, what if he knows? I, what if he knows I'm I, I've smoked weed? It's just that, but like even worse you- because now it's your taboo. You could never, and you could never not be high, and no one could ever know you're high. Oh, that's that's pretty great. I think okay, yeah, I think that's the foundation of a marijuana magic school right there. And yeah, definitely hallucinogenic um, magic school. I could see psychonauts, but that's a whole different topic. It almost feels like I, I definitely agree. There's there's dimensions of that in narcoalchemy and the elixir within. I think well, narcoalchemy is weird because um, the LSD spell or work rather is not anywhere on the sort of alchemical planets. It's just mm. the universal perceptual solvent, which sure, yeah. it's a classic yeah. alchemical trope, but it lacks a lot of that alchemic symbology associated with other uh, significant works. That's true, yeah. Mm. It's got to be, like, what, what, what's, the, what's the most, like, hallucinogenic planet? Um, it's, it's the asteroid belt. Oh, there you go. I was looking into Pluto, but then I was like, oh, wait. Is there narco-alchemy works associated with Pluto? Because, of course, Pluto wasn't known during the heyday of hermetic alchemy. But it's, Pluto's certainly involved with astrology nowadays. It should be ketamine for Pluto, I feel. All right. All right. I don't, I don't know why. It seems like a K-hole and the planet Pluto seem linked to me somehow. Fair enough. The dark, the darkness and the isolation. And that that's one of the things is like, this is a tricky thing for the school survival. A lot of the minor spells are generally associated with regulated drugs used in medicine. Whereas the ones associated with significant works are outright banned in the West pretty much. You have more and more controlled substances that doctors are finding specific uses for. I mean, hell, methamphetamine is technically legal. In the United States, for very specific circumstances. It's a very tightly regulated stimulant that only one company is allowed to make. And it's for ADHD and, I believe, severe cases of narcolepsy. Hmm. And occasionally severe, severe depression. Narco-alchemy, I mean, narcotics, it, it suggests illegality. Yes. So, it has to be illegal. It has to be tied in with that pretty strongly. So maybe the school will have to change over the years to become something more focused on controlled substances, and perhaps it will instead be sort of the paradox will somehow be 
centered around that lo- that very thin line between illegal and very specific medical accepted medical uses. But but then there's, there's some shit like I'm doubtful that cocaine is ever going to have much of a uh, therapeutic use just because there's better dopaminergics for medical use. I remember taking um, research chems back in the day that we got, uh, well, someone got um, sent from the States because they hadn't been legislated against. Yeah, that's very common too. I've, I've tried tons of shit that is very similar to illegal drugs and has basically the same effect, but is not actually illegal because it just hasn't gone around to it yet. Yeah, they're definitely not the exact same effect. Because nothing, the other research chemicals are exactly like LSD or exactly like mushrooms. No, they yeah, hallucinogens. <laughs> the hallucinogens tend to be very idiosyncratic, but this, yes, yeah, stuff like LSD, DMT, uh, mushrooms are very chemically unique. What other like solidly illegal drugs are left? There's Saturn's horse, which is it says heroin specifically, but I'd say it probably applies to any opiate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the opiate family, it's all pretty similar. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's a bit too broad, because I believe codeine is technically an opiate. No, yeah, there's a good question. Uh, what, what's the minor spell associated with fentanyl? What does that do? I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not an expert on fentanyl. Uh, probably nothing good. No, probably not. Well, actually, and maybe that increases your wound threshold or something. It is a painkiller, after all. It, it, it gets rid of, um, Failed notches temporarily, or um, or or, or hardened notches actually it gets rid of the pain. Well, Xanax lets you ignore one stress check, so there you go. Now, also, there's the um, having the less illegal ones, the sort of like borderline or like just sort of silly drugs. Yeah, those are mi- that's minor territory. I'd say. I want to have like, is there a, is there a a wizard of whippets? This should be <laughs> absolutely. What should whippets do, Thompson? You know more about this topic than I do. I, like, I went for a walk with my wife, like, a couple of weeks ago, and what's this stuff on the ground? I'm like, ah, I'm so glad, like, the culture lives on. The wave of nostalgia, the culture lives on. I had, like, a bunch of whippets in uni times, because, and it was, we'd, we'd walk to the, like, 24-hour, the one twenty. Australians are so deprived. We got them. Because whippets fucking suck. Oh, yes, they did so. But they were there. They, we could walk to the 24-hour shop. We call them um, whippets. They're not called whippets here. They're called nangs. I remember, like, yeah, having a bunch of uni and then not seeing them for years and years until I was in a bar in South Korea. And I just, like, was with my friends drinking and I looked behind the bar and, and they had the cream charger out and they were, like, inhaling. They were filling up balloons behind the bar. The bar staff at sure. work. And I'm like, sure. what are you doing? I was quite surprised because yeah, Korea is quite a conservative country. Not many drugs, but yeah, they were all happily doing whippets behind the bar. I don't know, like whippets, like nangs. Um, I feel like you should be able to take a nang, and it's like, what's the spell? What's the school that lets you like temporarily, like, um, is it cryptomancy or cleomancy, which lets you like um, make someone stop existing for a while? disappear for a short period uh i think that's clearancy but i'm really not sure yeah like it's like oh fuck something's happening like you just take a whippet and you just cease to exist for 30 seconds (laughs) and then (laughs) and everyone forgets your existence for 30 seconds and then when you reappear everyone remembers again but maybe that's a very crucial 30 seconds no that's good that's nobody knows you're there for 30 seconds you're just 
gone. You just don't exist for 30 seconds. <laughs> That's fun. I like that a lot. And then on the sig end, you know, like, what? what's the bath salt spell? What's the... I, I guess psilocybin's oh, difficult because um, there's not a whole lot of... Pro- well, I guess maybe the tea. But, you know, like, most of the, most of the major works are um, associated with, um, like, heavy processing time. Mm. Yeah, like an intensive uh, creation process. I mean, psilocybin is... I mean, the only real one I know of is that where there's any processing involved is like psilocybin tea. Hmm. I know we're getting into nitty gritty now because yeah. like every there's so many there's so many drugs. You, so yeah, many but drugs. so many of them are just like kind of acceptable in certain cases now, as opposed to being just outright not used. Yeah, what's the psilocybin one? What's the bath salt spell? What's the salvia spell? What's the um, datura spell? Who knows. I this is why I like the idea of the fetish drugs for yeah. um, Neodan because yeah. then you can sort of give them the conceptual space they deserve while not like tying them down to too much. And you know, having to go through the work of coming up with like six different edit schools. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where and then narcoalchemy is specifically about the creation of drugs. Yeah, and different effects they have. Yes. It's it it's it's. You're basically creating artifacts in a way. Yeah, pretty much. You're 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 making single use artifacts. Though I do, Salvia needs a good spell because uh, Salvia. Uh, you you've seen that Twitter thread of like people Salvia experiences, right? I have not. Because you know Salvia is a very quick trip. It's like fifteen twenty minutes. Hmm. Uh, I think my favorite one is I hallucinated it. I had an entire nine hour shift at Blockbuster. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, like, you don't even... It's not even fun stuff. It's just... Now I want to play a character who is just, like, sometimes disappears, and, like, every they just... They just, like, straight up being like, no, I'm on a Salvia trip right now. None of this is real. I don't believe in it. I'm somewhere else. And occasionally they disappear and then come back and like, oh, I had more Salvia. Yeah, I'm here again in the Unknown Armies world. That could be a fun one, like... I know, like, maybe you do physically turn into whatever shit you're hallucinating that you are, but the GM comes up with what shit you think you're hallucinating because it's very arbitrary. That's... (laughs) There should be a table that you roll. Absolutely. Roll on the Salvia hallucination table. It should be, like, a really complex OSR table as well. Like, it would have to be a D100 table, of course. Yeah, yeah. And there should be lots of, like, roll twice... (laughs) I think that could work. It, ba- you're, you're basically doing the fucking um, Narcroc, the equivalent of wild magic. That's that's fun. If there's going to be any wild magic in Unknown Armies, I think, yeah, um, it makes sense for Narco Alchemy or like a form of Narco Alchemy to have it. Narco Alchemy, what it needs is its own pish- uh, potion mixability table. Yes. That's what it really needs. What happens when you take a Narco Alchemical Speedball? We'll roll the table. We'll find out. Um... That's definitely, yeah, there should definitely be some advantages um, to mixing. Maybe there's different ways of being a Neodan. Like, some are all about the fetishizing one drug, and others are like, no, candy flipping, that's fun. Yes. Let's do that. No, I can definitely see that. Though, then the tricky thing there becomes like, okay, do you start spewing one substance from one end, and then another substance out the other? It just increases your chance of getting a major, it feels to me. <laughs> hey, two birds, one stone, buddy. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> What happens if you have the magical speedball? You become the speedball. Rod a tear to many a player's eyes as they see 
their friend slowly turning into crack rock. Oh, that's that's a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. A tear rolls down his cheek and then also turns into a little bit of lump of methamphetamine. Imagine, okay, imagine if it, like, you've got your major charge, you're dying, you're definitely going to die because you're turning into crack, but you have one more session before you turn into crack. So it's like, um... You experiencing your last moments while turning into a, turning into a fucking crack golem. We gotta, we gotta finish this objective quickly, guys, I'm turning into crack. (laughs) Alright, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, UA could also use a few more spells with um, shelf lives like that to push people to roll on objectives early, I think. You don't get you don't have enough of that. Yeah, there isn't enough, and I think the fact that you can do that and no one ever does, there should be more reasons. We could talk about this. That's a whole other episode about the objective system that yeah. I think was valuable to talk about. But yeah, turning into crack is one of the reasons you want to roll early, for sure. Well, do you have anything else you want to go over in regards to Narco Alchemy? Or uh, it's Splinter School Neodon? Because I think those guards are starting to eye us. I think we might be... Uh, I think we may have been a bit too talkative for the last couple of hours. I think so. I think so. Um, no, I think you should definitely do some more research. I think these could be written up. Yes, I would agree. I think that would be very interesting to play. Oh, they've got canes. Oh, no. They're going to cane us. Ah! Ah! for a ploughman's afterwards, but the mood was pretty sombre. So I ate both his pickled onions. You know, April, it's at times like this when I just want to throw my hands up and say, let's take drugs and go crazy.